0: Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Afternoon. How are we? Yeah, because it's the afternoon. If you wanted to get that cocktail shaker out and whip up a bunch of martinis, Uh or daiquiri would be nice. It's a sunny day out there. too. Well, maybe a margarita. That'd be nice. Anyway, why am I talking about those sort of (laughs) things? We've got an hour of radio to do, and we've got to keep ourselves good, don't we, Matt Steadman?
1: Yes, Cameron Smith, welcome to the afternoon here on Chabla.
0: Eat It is the name of this show. Uh, My name's Cam Smith, and um, if you haven't ever heard this show before, if you've just stumbled upon it, well... We talk about food yes. and drink, and food legislation, and all the myriad things that goes with this huge topic of mm-hmm. uh, what we consume and mm-hmm. the consuming passions that we we look around, where where food is so many things. Food is nutrition. Food is so much enjoyment. Food is culture, as we see. And one of the things that celebrates the culture of food and all things that go with it is Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. Yes. Pat Nurse will be coming in. Mm. He's not here yet because I think he's enjoying uh, maybe another cup of coffee somewhere. Yes. Maybe he's made some great discovery because (laughs) he's a very curious person when it comes to food. And inquisitive. Inquisitive Inquisitive is correct. So he is the creative director of the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, and we're going to have a chat to him about, I've lost count, Food and Wine Festival number 20. I don't know. We'll find out. We will find this out. Also, heading from the south to Mm. the north, Mm. if you're listening, Karen, we're looking forward to seeing you. Yes. Uh, Karen Martini, one of our great chefs of this town, you mm-hmm. have to say. Great. Mm-hmm. Contributor to uh, to what we eat, how we eat it in the fact that for many, many years she's been on our television. Yes.
1: Uh, I, I saw her on the television last week, although I believe she's now wrapping up that role. Right. Yeah. I, I thought she might have already finished. I think she's probably done this with the shooting, but you might still see her. Okay. A few
0: more segments of carrying so the- on... They have to trickle out. Yes. Okay, so, yeah, she was uh, great at that, Um, has written some amazing cookbooks. Yes, agreed. Um, And we have often said, uh, speaking together, Matt and myself, Mm -hmm. the great thing about uh, Karen's books, the recipes all work. They're all good. Yeah. Yeah. I was saying,
1: I actually did uh, one of Karen's recipes. uh, I reheated what I did last week, uh, last night, which you can find it on goodfood.com. It's just a really simple pasta sauce where you get some tomatoes and get some capsicums, you get some onions. And the trick is, Karen, you stick them in the oven for 40 minutes just to. Just to roast through, which concentrates the flavour. Yeah,
0: concentrates all those sugars, because those those capsicums would become so sweet, Mm. wouldn't they?
1: And then you just stick it all into a blender with a good hunk of oil, it must be said, to give it some body and richness, Uh and you stick it on some penne, and it's delicious. (laughs) Couldn't be easier. And, and, And you're allowed to have cheese with that one? Yes, actually, it does suggest some Stracciatella on top if you're feeling, yeah. if you're feeling uptown or you just go and get some boccancini or oh. whatever whatever you want. That's it on s-
0: top. That sounds really, really good. Mm. Really, really nice. Mm. I was going to say, what's that in your mouth? Have you been eating out anywhere Look, interesting? No, no, we really of note.
1: Mm. Um, we were going to have a quick chat at the top of the show this week about the fact that it has obviously been a pretty consequential week for the big end of town. I'm talking about the supermarkets.
0: Old. Oh. in australia
1: so obviously the woolworths and coles are two of the very largest businesses in all of australia and they've had a pretty tough week it must be said
0: indeed and and, and a personification of what it is like living in australia and the Mm. fact that we do live in a land where duopolies and oligopolies uh, seem to to reign quite well yes they really really do there is a very interesting, well, incredible, really, documentary that's out at the moment, uh, which we recommend that uh, we all watch because mm-hmm. we all need to know about that. Uh, Four Corners, of course, have yes. uh, put their very intense gaze <laughs> <Yes>. uh, upon <laughs> it this. It must be like you're having a bad day as a CEO <laughs> and you go,
1: when P- Four, Four Corners, Corners would like you to do a sit-down interview. <laughs> oh, really? Oh,
0: oh, God. Yeah. Oh, I have got to that. <sighs> yeah, well, uh, this is called Superpower and... Uh, It's all about the cost of living with Coles and Woolworths. And, um, yeah, I think you should watch it. Uh, Both of them deny price gouging, but Mm. apparently now there are six. It's got to be said. It's about time this has really happened. Yeah, well, I was saying... Six, anyway, sorry, six inquiries and reviews targeting the duopoly. And I was saying
1: to you, I think uh, viewers of Four Corners, like I don't think anything that was in Four Corners is something that there's no revelation in there for folks who knew what was going on in the supermarket industry over many, many years. But to see it all sort of laced together in a single sort of 50-minute, mm. it's
0: like,
1: oh, 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 okay.
0: And in, in a way, we could draw the analogy in the mm. fact that the Australian population have been a bit like the um, the frog in the test tube. Yes, that's where, true. You yes. Know, it's not a bad analogy for that, where mm. you just slowly keep adding the prices. mm mm-hmm. But it's when extraordinary circumstances happen, I think, with the inflation that we've all experienced, that yes. it does focus the mind. And I think people are starting to go, this is not right. We know it's more and more expensive to yes. shop. You were talking about cheese. Yeah, I'll just, anecdotes
1: abound. But I've seen, yeah. even even myself, I've seen products that you know have, have have leapt in price over the last couple of years. And then they, come to, back. then they seem to leap again. And then they get discounted down to the former price as if you're being... You know, there's a great bargain to be had. There's there's lots of anecdotes around this. So I think um, it's going to be an interesting period if some of those inquiries do progress to fruition. There's talk about a Royal Commission too. There's even talk about, like, uh, forcing them to, to break up, which I don't think will actually happen. But I think politicians are now understanding that this is quite the, the thorn that's stuck in the side of Australia.
0: Can I throw a cliche? Go. It's a bit of a bread and butter issue. Oh, yes. Well, Well, it is. Or or a
1: water cooler moment, perhaps. I don't know.
0: Well, yeah, it is. Um, What else we got going on? I think that's about it. Karen Martini's walked in the building. She has. So we should really um, get her to come to the microphone because I know she's... uh, She's got a function she's doing Mm -hmm. at two o'clock, so we're lucky to have her in here. And then we'll see if we can invite her in here into Studio One in East
1: Brunswick. I'm going to get her a glass of water. I think it's a good idea. Yes. Yes. Triple R. Karen
0: Martini. Hello. You've driven north (laughs) over the yard, it says. Thank you so much uh, for coming in today. Uh, We've, yeah, we've. Had a little bit of trouble getting, yeah. uh, you know, getting our diaries <laughs> uh, to together.
2: Who ever thought Sunday diaries would be so busy?
0: I know, oh, it's right. insane. But um, let's see. Uh, last week you were very, very busy because there happened to be a little bit of a Bayside festival in a Bayside suburb called St. Gilda. Yes. Had a go. Gilda
2: festival. Uh, it was actually not busy for us.
0: So. Oh, they didn't. The hordes didn't well, we come were open to the saint we... there on the corner of Grey Street and Fitzroy Street.
2: Yes, so St. George now. In, in right. the original, saint, the, the, what is known as the saint is now called St. George. Oh, St. George. That's so not the saint. No. Now, We're taking a, we're leaning into the George Hotel that I used to. I know, I know.
0: It's a bit cheeky. it is.
2: But um, I didn't think we'd be able to shake the saint title, so we've gone with St George, and uh, everyone's getting the hang of it. Three weeks in, and um, that Sunday actually turned out to be not a big day, uh, but we were ready for it.
0: I've been hearing magnificent things about the menu that you've created there and the food that's coming out of the kitchen and...
2: Is there a little chit chat? You're kicking
0: goals, <laughs> kicking goals. Well, our very own program manager Beck Hornsby oh, uh, was in a couple of weeks ago and sending me pictures.
2: Oh, cool! Going, look where I am living. Oh my God, you're so lucky. Oh, I wish I was doing that. And when uh, are we going to get you in, Cam? Well, oh, I should take you back over.
0: Well, go on. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll hitch a <you> ride. <laughs> Come yeah. on, I'll help. I'll do a few beans or something yeah. and, and no. help do a little bit of prep beforehand. No, well,
2: you'll have to do some help, do some taste testing, I would think. Yeah. yeah.
0: So tell us a little bit about how you got drawn into uh, this place mm. that is so close to um, a place that it would be inhabit a very, very special part of your heart, I'd say. Uh,
2: very much so. Um, I suppose this is like the third time we've opened something in St Gilda. So we yeah. had the Melbourne Wine Room in 96, yes, which was Quite a revolutionary space back then. Um my God, and yes. it is a you know, we had run that for a very long time. And then we have Mr. Wolf as well. So if you'd said to me a year ago, Karen, guess what you're gonna be doing in another restaurant you're in back. I would say eat my left shoe. But yeah, here yeah.
0: we are. Actually, and you can follow with dessert <laughs> with a right one too.
2: Um but it, it's happened and you know what? what happened? We love did it. it um, come on,
0: what happened? It's did, a, Who talked to you? Who phoned you? When did you did you was the, it an email? Was it a phone it, call? It was
2: a Phone call phone and a couple call. of emails. A couple of uh, A couple of have you heard about or could you walk through and have a look at the Check same building? And mm. um, look, they've done a lovely bit of a relaunch and a big fit out in there but the, the, the business that was running wasn't firing and um, it evolved into Michael Sapuntas and I having a walk through and thinking is it possible can we do this again you know St Kilda's you know it's a challenging it's a challenging site and it's also a challenging suburb. West
0: si- well yeah. Fitzroy Street is hard enough the mm-hmm. west side of Fitzroy Street
2: yeah, can have
0: tumbleweeds. Tumbleweeds is a good way going, to describe it. Down. No, hey. I've seen so many places open up I've down that close. side yeah. that go and they, they come in and they, they go, this is going to be great and...
2: It's not. Um, look, I think there are still quite a few folly signs it's still, but you know, we're definitely creating a little bit of a buzz or a stir. Um, oh, well, I if
0: love anyone it. could make this, this area work, and if anyone can be, a ma- let me finish. can be a magnet for people to actually come to the site, is having Karen Martini cooking there.
2: Yes, and I literally yes. Um, yes. are loving it That's and right. cooking it, and it's a massive menu. And, and what are you um, doing?
0: What's What's your theme?
2: Well, I don't know if you remember, Camber. We we well back at the Melbourne Wine Room. I cooked over a fire. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it, was a yeah. Bit, it was a. The pendulum we didn't swings, have,
0: Karen.
2: We didn't have a gas grill. We lit a fire every day with yeah. charcoal and red gum and cooked these amazing steaks. And that that's that we're one of the things
0: that made the place smell so good. <laughs>
2: Salt crusted ribeyes at 550 Salt grams. And, um, How much were they in those yes, days? I was going <laughs> to say
0: they were about 40 bucks or something, yeah, weren't they? No,
2: not even. We, I looked at the <laughs> earlier menus, it was uh, $28, $32. Nah, oh, oh my $32 God. Uh, yeah. And everyone would come in and eat one of those on their own. Like. Mm. Now, um, I have put a similar, or well, the ribeye, mm. uh, 650 grams, 650 to 700 Sharing grams. Sharing uh, It <laughs> is. It can be left whole or sliced to share. Um, so that's sort of leading the menu, I suppose, the fire, the Josper grill and the Josper oven. Um, Jospers
0: and, are from Japan, are they? No, Spanish. Just, uh, Spanish. Yeah. Jospa. Si, um, si. But sick.
2: But they're amazing, the flavour that you get when you have food that's perfumed or gently tainted. I usually would say. Caressed. Um, caressed with a little bit of smoke um, yeah. is, is divine. And it's but, elemental. but you need, you need a, a gentle touch on that because too smoky is not, not so good either. No, then, you, um, then
0: you have the Italian nones going, it tastes funny. It tastes funny. <laughs> <laughs> why well, it is tastes this? It tastes like
2: ashtray. <laughs> yeah, why is this?
0: No good. Yeah. There's
2: another long bone pork chop that uh, Berkshire... Pork, it's delicious. It's coming out of Victoria, uh, yeah. and I'm buying it through McMean, McBean's.
0: Ah, oh, McBeans,
2: yes. Uh, yes, Family Butcher, uh, which is Gary McBean. Mm. Uh, he recommended this particular pork, and I said, Can we do the long bone? And we call it Scodito, which means to burn your fingers. Oh, 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 um, and that. pretty much people do, we, we obviously serve it with my barbecue sauce and a knife and the big chop on the plate. And, and
0: away you go.
2: People do pick up that bone. Yeah. Uh, and there's a whole lot of I other think things. People
0: f- Fighting
2: over <laughs> that bone. Um, you know, roast chicken, we've got um, beef tartare, uh, crudo, uh, oh, tuna we fish.
0: Beef? Where are we with steak tartare at the moment? I
2: don't – ha- I have a licence to prepare it. Well done. I'm a qualified chef. <laughs> right, <course>. <laughs> and ahead. I'm not paying anything extra yeah. to prepare it either. So
0: way. you followed the, the correct procedures to allow you to do this now because – some places can't. Okay, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> um, and then of course this is the you know I've got beautiful char grilled carrot with um, fermented chili sauce and macadamia and like a verjuice glaze. That's a big seller. Leeks roasted the same way, similarly in verjuice and herbs with a uh, scorched maple glaze with ricotta, buffalo ricotta, and a little bit of saffron in there. Um, wow, you know, I, so I, these I don't, are don't are know. Are you doing
0: this the same? Folks out there, just little of the head going, oh, um, as you contemplate those flavours. That sounds really great. Thank you. A little flavour whisperer. A,
2: there's the amazing um, potato potato bread or focaccia puliese that I'm doing. Started with grapes and fennel with goat's curd and ash. Mm. A little smoky onion flavour there.
0: It sounds like you're having fun. I, you, I are you obsession. enjoying this, you, this menu? Sounds like it. Um,
2: look, uh, the feedback has been uh, Phenomenal, but I really enjoy preparing and cooking the menu. And literally since we opened the doors, I have been in the kitchen and I was on the Jospa Grill for the first two services because we were a little short on the line.
0: Matt and I were also (laughs) saying, you know, here is a person who's cooking but still on on the pans. I love it. I think
2: it's a – I find it very hard –
0: to, to, to,
2: to remove myself from the food, like in the flat. You need to be that close.
0: Well, yes, yeah. otherwise. And it's all about flavour for me. What's your first cooking memory? Do you, do you remember the first dish you ever cooked?
2: I think I tried to scramble eggs in the <laughs> in yeah. microwave. That wasn't so good. No, good. Uh, no ratatouille. Oh, ratatouille. Mm. Braised vegetable, like, you know, your classic... Capsicum, eggplant, yes. and zucchini. Don't forget but the zucchini. I, yeah. I just put them all in and they simmered really gently. They yeah. sweated to begin with. But, um, and finished it with lemon juice and extra virgin olive oil. I would have been about 12 or something. I was hungry. Yeah, yeah. Curiosity yes. and hunger and drive hunger. me. Then? Drove me then and drive me now.
0: <laughs> did you did you think about how beautiful it was, how nice it was to cut a zucchini when you were young? I, I remember that being a particular revelation for me. Like...
2: I didn't have the same experience because the knives I were using were quite blunt.
0: Oh, were they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My mum used to keep pretty pretty sharp ones. Another question. So that's your, your first sort of cooking memory. So scrambled eggs and then ratatouille afterwards. And the other thing Matt and I were sort of, well, contemplating over is the fact that You've cooked in quite a few places now. You know, there's the the journey of Karen Martini and the kitchens you've been in have been many and varied. You but, know, from uh, well, I won't. I won't go through them because I might get some of the names wrong. No, that's be, okay. But I was thinking of uh, well, working with Tansy.
2: Well, driving past five 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 Nicholson now on the way here, I had yeah. a little look. There's a new brick, brick or I don't know. Yeah. It's and what's the a, and Kent Kent? Ah, uh, the Kent Hotel. Kent Hotel. Haskins Hotel. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then I went to the Melbourne Wine Room.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh, George. Yeah. Here's
0: the question: We finally got to what place? Were you sort of – what place were you happiest at in in oh. your cooking world? Was there a place where you really went, this is just – I'm loving every day of being here?
2: Um, well, my first head chef role, I suppose, we were going, wow, yeah. I'm a head chef.
0: I've
2: done it. Yep. <laughs> and I can put anything on the menu and we can eat whatever we want. Yeah. Um, and that was with Rita McCarley at Haskins um, briefly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that was a lot of fun because we just cooked creatively yeah. and wildly. Um, and you were such a dynamic
0: duo in those we days were. too.
2: And then we went to the Kent and then the Melbourne Wine Room. I think that was probably a, the most uh, pivotal because I became a partner. I went to a bank and got a loan and, and bought shares. So mm. I think that becomes a, a whole new um, program when you're, you're actually, you know, you're an owner, uh, restaurateur, yeah. owner and, and chef.
0: And, yeah. and so it was the same sort of thing. There was sort of the food that you felt proudest going mm. out, the, out from the pass. Because that's a different uh, thing in a way, too,
2: isn't it? Icebergs was phenomenal. Yeah. Icebergs in, in Sydney, my God. Yeah. yeah. So when we launched that, just to manage to get that big beast of a restaurant up and running, yeah. and eighteen chefs on the roster, you know, seven, seven, six days a week. I think we started, uh, and we were doing massive numbers. And that before we opened Icebergs, everyone's saying, like, "No one's going to go to Bondi to eat." You know what I mean? Seriously, <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> they thought Morris Tazzini and I were crazy, yeah. and like you know, we were we were ready for the masses, and you know what? The masses came. They uh, did. Yeah.
0: That was, yeah, it was the Kevin Costner, wasn't it? Yeah. The it, build it it was, and they will come, and
2: they came. Yeah. What was Morris
0: like to work with?
2: Oh, he is the most brilliant, creative focused mind um, in the hospitality space at times mm. and especially phenomenally back then. It was all about the devil was in the detail mm. uh, and the finesse at the table. You know, he, he really did put his stamp, his DNA over anything that he opened or mm. and progressed and he progressed quite quickly and fast from the Melbourne wine room because we were partners there and then he yes. went to icebergs and I went up there, you know, but... He's like all creatives. Hey, has just entered the building. Yeah, Look, I'm, the ha- I'm, not, I'm not handing this microphone over yet. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Forget about it. <laughs> but Morris, yeah, what well, an incredible
2: person. Uh, he, it'd yeah, be hard to sit still. Like yes. he is. You know, he was uh, he was racing the whole time. Yes. Um, with and his, eccentric. With the next idea. Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit like food. I'm for, for me in that creative space. I just. <laughs> I'm already testing new dishes, and and they're new. They're not things I'm pulling off Hero or wherever. There's new flavours um, coming together, and they're going to hit the plate soon. So I can, what are you into? I, what are you planning? There's with? a char-grilled runner bean salad with... Um, what are uh, runner beans? R- uh, Roman beans, sorry. Roman beans. The
0: long-flat ones. They char so well. Charred,
2: yeah, and oh. then mixed with my new favourite ingredients together. It's a, like white sweet miso with um, hot English mustard lemon juice makes a paste and then you roll the, the be- grilled beans in that with lemon and pickled onion and I'm going to put the ricotta through the oven with burnt butter all over it and then ricotta salata over the top. So that's going to go on and replace the leek dish.
0: Melbourne is salivating. Yes. <laughs> People, I hope you're salivating out there because I am. Uh-huh. I had beautiful uh, Roman beans where you, you char them really, really hard and just put them on top of tahina. Yeah, that, it, it is just that can works quite simple. great. But now you, that's quite simple. This is taking it and running with it.
2: You, you don't need to, pardon the pun. Yeah. Um, you don't need to really season them or anything. I just put them on the the grill dry, or, or if you don't have a grill or a barbecue, you could do it in a dry pan until they blacken and yeah. turn them over. Yeah, you need to um, really ta-head. be aggressive. Yeah, aggressive. Forget about them for a minute. Go make a phone call.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go. Oh!
2: Go listen. Go listen to the radio. Put, a,
0: uh, put American pie on. No, don't.
2: That'd that be right. nice with sesame. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Next dish. It works. Um, and there's some pastas on the menu too. I must mention the marinara that we're making at the moment with really gently sautéed seafood scattered over the top of it.
0: Gently sautéed. Why gently sautéed? It's
2: because I'm, um, I'm, there's two. It's a four-page. It's a four-page recipe. This the marinara, and it's a slow braise. It's sort of the roots lie. Um, the base sauce, they're of Greek origin. It's from braising octopus in rosé with dried oregano and fresh tomato crushed into it. And then we strain the octopus out and use those, the broth to make the sauce emulsified with oil. And then the seafood goes over the top with garlic and parsley. <laughs> <laughs> you have to come and have that one. Uh, Sorry.
0: I I'm, know. I'm, I'm almost weeping. Just and then there's the pistachio pesto it.
2: as well. Pistachio pesto on um, Strozopetti. Yes. It's pistachio. And um, now, squoccarone cheese. I think I pre- pre- pronounced it correctly yeah, instead good. of saying squatch a <laughs> It's
0: the squash stuff. It's a fresh, uh, gently cheese.
2: salty uh, bit, yes. um, fresh curd cheese that you drop on top of the pesto. Oh, mm. goodness me. And oh, and bolognese, the, of course. Oh, the bowl. Yeah,
0: don't yeah. forget the bowl. Um, it, it, it sounds like there might be room for another magnum opus book of yours. Oh, Can I compliment you again you. on your incredible book? And uh, Matt and I were speaking about it and we have compared it to The Cook's Companion, which oh. I think it, no, and and I think it, here you go, you want to hear it?
2: That's major.
0: Wait for it, it gets better. <laughs> I think it transcends it because what you have done uh, is that you have pulled effortlessly on threads from... Asian cuisine, which Stephanie might not have done because of the time when she wrote it. It's a different it time is and place. We're yeah. in a different time and place and it's as valid and as good and by having those elements it represents the Australian society that we're in now.
2: Yeah, our, our modern palate today mm. in Australia is um, hungry for many flavors from around the world, hungry. many cuisines, and we do get up and go. Oh, I feel like Malaysian today. Yeah, or, and we can get Chuk a good Wai example. Ta. Of a, yeah, Town. Oh, oh ta. <laughs> or, uh, you know, in the, or a good Indian curry, or a, but we can use those flavors and effortlessly uh, at home mm. if you want to make a simplified version of those things. And I think that's how I've yeah put those sorts of recipes into the book Mm. um, because they're things I cook regularly Uh, and I also don't just eat in the Mediterranean.
0: Yes that's right we've moved away from it even 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 from the Aegean as well (laughs) even though you're doing those octopuses. Say if I could just wave my magic wand and say Matt Karen you don't have to go home after this you don't have to go to the job we're all just going to go out to lunch. Oh, well, you would
2: definitely be jumping in my car. We're going to St George. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to go overseas somewhere?
0: No, no, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, no, sure. Uh, it's the free kick, really. It's just if, if there was a, um, a, a Karen Martini food dream... On a plate in front of you now, where would you be and what would be in front of
2: you? Mm, I would like to jet off to Sicily yes. and eat at one of those gorgeous side restaurants, foot of yeah. Where, <laughs> yeah, I want like a, a you know whole fish. I want things cooked over a grill there and and lots of seafood. And a cause it's bit a sunny of smoke, day. Little bit a little of smoke, bit, of bit of smoke, not too much. Um, lots of extra virgin olive oil, lemon, yeah. salt, garlic, um, mm. and a pretty delicious um, Sicilian white would be good,
0: yeah. Sounds good. Well, I think well, you, we're oh, not going there today. Well, <laughs> I, I'm sorry to say it, but oh, we I can can't, can't do it. Um, so the uh, St George, yes, uh, Saint George. Ac- across a stone's throw away from that uh, very, very important place that you inhabited, you're in it. And um, are, you,
2: are you cooking there most nights? Yeah, and- yes, yep. Last night, I, was on, I think the other people coming up going, We can't believe you're right there. Yes. <laughs> you're right there. Oh my gosh. No, I, I am. I am. An, it's I me. mean, it's, it's, a really, it's so many people, so many customers, so many old clients, so many newbies, people coming from everywhere, and sure. they're really embracing good things to drink yeah. and delicious things to eat and the grittiness of St. Gilda. But it's bouncy and fun and playful as well. We're not taking ourselves too seriously.
0: Yeah, that's that's the way. Oh, and one other thing, there'd be uh, people that are probably curious as to um, the fact that you are. Uh, um, hanging up the uh, the TV apron. The TV apron. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, is that a good way to put it?
2: I um, just before I move on to that, I yeah. have met um, my match in the industry, the, the, the Diana Densensi, who I'm working with. Um, she is a completely food obsessed. Head chef, and she's my head chef, and I'm enjoying oh that dang, part yes, of it. Yes, you yes, know, yes, Diana. Yes. Uh, and she's been amazing. So, yeah. And that I think that energy and the culture that we're building is filtering out into the restaurant and with our clients and the front of house team mm. as well is really strong. But the as food far offering as. offering
0: is strong.
2: But yeah. so is the, you know, the service and the fun, the fun of it, the energy. Mm. Um, there's a sense of occasion before you've even done anything. But as far as the TV is concerned, hey, I've, I've hung mm. up the Channel 7.
0: TV apron. Let's just so get that clear. Calls from Kerry Stokes anymore? No, no. We're, we're
2: done. We had 17 years.
0: Yeah, I had, I had one, I had one run, direct,
2: Carrie. one direct email. That was nice. Yes. No, I from Kerry. <laughs> See oh. you later. Yeah. No, um, but I am exploring. I've got new energy, energy to do new things and exploring new new opportunities. And never I never would
0: have felt it from so. talking to you.
2: <laughs> yeah. So don't don't think that We're you not won't see you me. Off. Don't think you won't see me on a screen somewhere else. Yeah. But it might be another channel or um, a streaming channel.
0: Stay tuned. Mm. you going to tell us about it first.
2: Well, you know, travel and food and yeah. If I'm making it, I'll come and yeah. chat. I've got a few pictures. I can't pitch them to you here right now. But
0: no, yeah. I'm happy to come. I'm and going travel though. Going to long.
2: Sydney <laughs> on Tuesday too.
0: Yeah, Let's have, have, some chat. chats. Have, chats. yeah. have some chats. Have chats, coffee, chats, chit chats, chit chats in <laughs> Sydney and steak and kidney. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Um, oh, Josh Nyland. Have you managed to eat his food in, yes. in Sydney? It's that's, that's a bucket good. list of mine.
2: Have not you had Josh yet?
0: I've had, I've spoken to him heaps, and I've had eaten his food at, at the Australian Open, um, but
2: no. Oh. Uh, it's really. I was lucky enough to snuffle a little lunch for one when I was Did working you. there yeah. uh, in Sydney before Christmas. It That's was great. what I want to do. But um, his yeah, his flavours and the connection to the product. Like the ravioli Obsession. he's making with the the bones from the fish to make the flour, to make the ravioli, to make on, the... On the plate, which off has siri- the bones
0: on <laughs> the um, Unbelievable. All right, he's Matt. next level. Matt's, Matt's doing the helicopter oh, thing. Oh, come
2: on. Helicopter uh, I Matt thought he, he wanted us to them. dance. Yeah, I'm really getting confused.
0: Castanets. too
2: much chit-chat from Karen Martini. Yeah.
0: It's been a delightful chat. It's always so good to see you. Look forward to seeing you very soon. What are you going to say? Thank you.
2: No, lovely to be here. And, um, yeah, I'm glad we, our diaries are alive. Thank yes. you. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Cam. Triple
0: R. Across from me, we have the lovely, the incredible, the redoubtable Pat Nurse.
3: Redoubtable. Yeah. Yeah, that that means, you know, really, really good, but a little bit scary sometimes, too. Did you guys go and see the movie Poor Things? This has exactly nothing to do with Patrick. No. Um, No. uh, Once after you've seen it, you'll walk around muttering the words, the word, (laughs) Formidable. To yourself in a French brothel, Uh, 19th century kind of way. Really? Uh, Formidable. There's a lot of people out there listening right now who are saying, Formidable. To themselves. Uh, okay. the formidable Formidab- Cameron Smith. Uh, yeah.
0: it could be even uh, formidable <laughs> Mon Dieu. And you've given us you brought gifts, which is really, really nice of you. You've brought us in a most glorious looking hot crust bun. It is glistening with its glaze and it is studded with glorious fruit and oh. Smells like a symphony of spice. You smell like a symphony of of spice. (laughs) I have sympathy for for (laughs) my spice. Um, Where did you get this this glorious thing from? Loafer. Loafer? In North Fitzroy. Wow, God, this is better than the hot cross buns I saw in the supermarket
3: on Boxing Day. Right? (laughs) Hey? What's the rule now? Oh, there is no rules. It's just a topsy-turvy world, Pat. Would it be a bad world if hot cross buns were sold year-round, though? I don't know. Well, they, Picture, there's, there's a, if you
0: will, in a world, world. in a world with hot cross buns all the time. Seasonality has been outlawed for a blanket of hot cross buns. I'm trying to do the American. I was no
3: idea. I thought maybe you'd had a <laughs> minus stroke a, or something. I swallowed a fly that I was trying to get rid of. Put a spoon in his mouth, quick. Yes.
0: But, uh, yeah, this is a beautiful hot cross bun um, and Easter is coming and there is a certain festival that has to sort of make its way in that niche of where the full moon is because that's what Easter is all about. It's that harvest moon before
3: the Christians grabbed it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, Cam, is like yeah. the Shrove Tuesday of yeah. food and wine festivals in some respects. A bacchanalian I mean, orgy. Truly. Yeah. Truly. Yes. Well, yeah, I'll buy that. That's the festival where I work. That's yes. what I do. That's what yeah. brings me to you today. This Apart is why we're here. Bringing the- you croissants. Oh,
0: sorry. I've been yeah. caught um, hot, hot cross buns. buns. Yes. Bearing gifts. But uh,
3: how many years now is it that you've been doing this? Oh, it'll be 5 years in March since I first sat down with the two of you in this studio that nice man from yeah. that Irish whiskey company and some other luminary of the yeah, uh, Teeling whiskey or something I yeah think that was it and yeah, the some yeah. other luminary of the food and drink world I was yeah. you know a, Mere stripling of a and freshly was, minted Victorian, then. I, I was questioning your integrity. I think. As you should Thank at every juncture. Now it's just like bang! it's pots, it's potato cakes, it's yeah. you know football nonstop.
0: And you've um, your roots are very much down here now, and I've got to acknowledge that and the fact that uh, you're invested
3: in this place with now a mortgage. So totally. you're here. That's it. And a dog. They're pretty much going to have to be you know, bearing me here. So yeah. Jokes uh, on you, yeah. bank.
0: So um, let's talk about it. What um, what iteration is this of the food and wine festival? I was
3: trying to count up the years. This will be the thirty second food and wine festival. The COVID years kind of God, I'm getting, getting old. Throw us around a little yes, bit. Yes. Uh, you know, we did online festivals. We did sort of mini festivals. But we're calling this number thirty two. Let's let's roll with that. Thirty two. Um, so ten days yes. in March, uh, right across right across Melbourne. Um, we have events that are free. We have events that are a long way from free. We have events that are mm. vegan. We have events that are covered in meat. We have <laughs> events that are kid friendly and really, really in no way kids kid are excluded. We yes. got things with drinks. We got things with non alks We got the lot. There's a lot of like, and there's a lot of crossover stuff this year a lot of that I love. You know, if you want to drink a sake beer fusion. We got that. If you want to go to a, a collision between a Lao Khao Pra and a Filipino Boodle fight, Matt, It's on. It's on. Yeah. That one's at uh, Jow yes. with uh, guest chef Trisha Greentree. That one's uh, one I'm pretty keen to, to see. Really hands-on eating at that one. Yes. You know, that's that's the vibe. There's lots going on. And we've sold out a ton of stuff, you which have. is great. So, but now's a really good time to jump on our website. How would they find you? How how on earth would they
0: be able to find such a site called Melbourne
3: Food and Wine Festival? It's very difficult. Such an obscure name. Matt's trying to do it right now. How'd you go? I know I did it. I got there. (laughs) got it. If Google or your search engine of choice doesn't bring you a result with Melbourne Food and Wine (laughs) Festival, you can always try MFWF. Com.
0: And, A-U. and you will be there. And you'll be, see this um, huge lineup of, God, the 32nd Food and Wine Festival. And how much, um, I could go on about how much it's grown, but look, this is where it's at now. And it is at a marvelous, it's a marvelous event that personifies this city. It really, really is. It,
3: it really nails what this town is all about, isn't it? Can I give you some big news from, like, inside the tent? Hit me. From hit the organisation. From inside the tent. So a big part of what the how the festival works is we do some stuff that yeah. as an organisation we run from start to finish, but yes. the, the breadth and depth of the festival comes from events that are put on uh, by restaurants, bars, community groups, individuals, producers, people who are like, it's a bit like the comedy festival. Wine writers. Wine writers, mm. that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and this year we had double the number of submissions that we had last year. Really? Which... On the one hand, I'm like, oh, we should pat ourselves on the back. Melbourne Food and Wine Festival is doing a great job. But I think what it really says is hospitality in this town is back. You know, people now have the headspace to think, you know, we take our submissions back in September, Mm -hmm. you know, so people working in the game here now have enough room to move, room to think, room to breathe, room to dream, Cam, to think ahead and see be like, yeah, I want to do something different and weird and interesting in March. Mm. Whereas, you know, the last couple of years, that was, was kind of mm. less the case. So I think that's a really good indication of like where food and drinks at in Melbourne right now. The creative juices are flowing in this town. Yeah. People want to have a bit of fun. Like when, when you, all you mm. can think about is like filling that next roster or, you know, making that next payroll, forget about it. But now, you know there's. You know, things are still challenging. Or even, yeah, just just having the, the business survive, yeah. Yeah, so, but, you know, people want to do something fun. They want to extend themselves. They want to be part of it. They want to show you a good time. And one of the things that seems to be, we can,
0: oh, look, I may as well start this. So one that I thought was kind of cool is that uh, a whole bunch of Dan's coming to Fed Square. That's a little
3: cookie left-field scenario. So but it, just, it makes so much sense. We are doing a diner with a... Uh, an Australian uh, liquor brand that may be familiar to you, and the word Dan features in its name. And we're like, why don't we just only invite Dan's mm. to cook? So, what Dan's could we possibly get? And this this is one for the department of let's just take a wild swing and see if they go for it. So yeah. I thought, Packer, let's ring Dan Hunter. Yeah, at Bray, yeah. he's definitely going to say no. This is ridiculous and insane. Yeah, and I'm I'm a little bit insulted. Like diner food. Break. They don't have a lot to do with each other. <laughs> yeah, it's a three hat restaurant. It's, it's had like three a hats for, for ten years. Yeah, you know. And he's like, "Yeah, I'll take a look at it." Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Puskus, who is a chef at a similarly, you know, serious caliber three hat restaurant in Sydney called Sixpenny, mm-hmm. he's in, and then absolutely nailing it, <laughs> nailing the brief, even though, again, it doesn't have a lot to do with what his day-to-day is at Yakimono, yeah. is Daniel Wilson. The lovely Dan Wilson. And we've maxed out the Dans with drinks as well. So Daniel Doherty, one of the proprietors down at um, that rocking new mm. Collingwood bar, Commie, mm. has done the bevs for us. So he's he's done us a Dan Hatton. He's done us a Dan Murphy's. <laughs> uh, we didn't get the flaming Dan Bergini over Dan the line, but Dan Dan. You know, we've got a few weeks yet. So, you know, what about so, a dantini? Dantini be good. Look, be I mean, like wearing a man Come to the bar. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the cool thing about this is, as I said, a lot of the festivals sold out, but this is no book. When's it going to be actually in Fed Square? It's yeah. like right facing the station. So, if you came to our no, I know where Fed Square is. <laughs> yeah. The, the, no, I, no, I know that. I, I'm from Melbourne. The well, it's it's on the same. If you came to the festival on that level. last year, where the um, where our convenient store was it's next to to the stage facing the train station next to swanson street and it's no bookings it's open every day of the festival so you can Mm. roll in for a a dan hatton Mm. or you can pop in for let's say uh a dan hunter inspired dish of a short stack of pancakes with bacon jalapeno honey Mm. and Mm. hold on to your headphones wait for it smoked eel butter oh stop it glutamate city I went to a tasting for this the other day and, man, that's a winner. I'll bet it is. Peach Cobbler Donuts mm. from uh, Daniel Wilson and a really insanely good, huge diner-style pecan and carrot cake from Daniel Puskas.
0: There it is. There's delicious things all around this town and abounds and abounds and abounds. <gasps> We should probably get this out of the way. One of the the things that defines Melbourne
3: Food and Wine Festival, longest lunch, longest brunch. Oh, I love these events. So yeah, me we've, too. we've taken a punt with a little-known... Talent this year to lead the lunch. So if you Mm. haven't been to lunch, this is sort of our flagship event of the festival. It's sort of between 1,000 and 2,000 people in a... Sitting down. Sitting down. Eating lunch outside. Mm. Uh, It's been in Treasury Gardens the last few years. This year it's in King's Kings Domain, which is the beautiful stretch of garden between the Maya Music Bowl and the NGV. And, yeah, uh, not that well-known obscure local chef called Andrew McConnell mm, is writing yeah. the menu for that one. We He's having a crack. He definitely hasn't sanctioned us calling it Gimlet in the Park. Yes. So don't think of it <laughs> as Gimlet in the Park. Don't say because that. Because Gimlet in the Park would just be... Wrong. Why would you do that? Yeah. We've got a couple of tickets left for that. You should absolutely jump on that. Mm -hmm. And then there's the brunch, which has some luminaries. Oh, my God. I love the brunch. So brunch is new. We've been doing lunch for the entire 32 years of the festival. That One of the first ever festival events was the world's longest lunch at Mm. the MCG in 1990-something. Brunch is only a few years old. It's similar setup outside, lots of people, but it's a bit less expensive. It's a bit earlier in the morning. It's a bit less formal. And yeah. this year leading our brunch are three of Australia's, I would say, leading um, contemporary Indian chefs. So we've got Harry Manget from Bidji Dining. We've got Haley Rachura from Enterveer Laundry and the stopless Misha <laughs> Trop, who you probably know from his pop-ups at the Rochi back in the day, but you may have seen at his new fantastic uh, Carolyn restaurant toddy shop yeah. in Fitzroy. Right. So these guys, I love this menu. Can I tell you a bit? Of, will you indulge me? I would I'd be delighted to it and it's be so gross of you not to do it. Harry's doing pap chat, which is like the crunchy kind of yogurty, delicious snack thing, but he's um, doing it with some cured snapper, which is going to just be fresh and tamarind and crunchy and Ooh. all that kind of delicious. Yeah. Misha is doing a dish called Roz omelette, which I've not actually tried before, and I'm really into the sound of this. It's an omelette, and he ladles chicken curry gravy over the top. It's a mm. Goan dish, I think, mm. and then it's accompanied with a, a like a soft white dinner roll. That's sort of uh, an artifact of the Portuguese influence on on Goan food, mm. and then Haley's bringing it all home with a faluda, which I guess is like. You could say it's a it's a Persian, Indian dish. Mm. Uh, Maybe it's the original bubble tea. It's sort of like a bubble tea. It's like a bubble tea meets a trifle, meets delicious spice, sweet.
0: So it has tapioca pearls in it.
3: This guy has uh, some Geraldton wax in it for texture. Um, I mean, that's one of the cool things actually about the the these guys cooking is they they sort of use a little bit of that. Australian native plant action Mm -hmm. through their food. So, you know, it's very much food of India, but at the same time it's not exactly like anything you could get. Pulling on threads. They're pulling on threads, can't they? So... That'll be fun. Mm. That's lunch. That's brunch.
0: Yeah, that's that's all happening. Uh, there's uh, what about
3: the uh, the inbounds, um, the people that are that are coming here. We have uh, like, a mammoth yeah. global dining series this year, and I think I mean one of the challenges with global dining in the years past, when I've worked on the festivals, that the tickets go so damn fast. Mm. So we've really pulled out all the stops to not just have more people coming to Melbourne from around the world. We've got people coming from Charleston. We've got people coming from Chengdu. We've got people coming from Hanoi, Italy. Uh, this town in Roma. Northern Europe called England. Sorry, this town called London. Mm-hmm. Um, so where once they might have just done one night for a very lucky 60 people, a lot of them are put on extra tickets. Oh, so, good. good. Uh, Garima Arora, who's a chef I'm particularly excited about, she's the first Indian woman to win two Michelin stars. She's a, a Noma alumna. She yes. has an incredible restaurant in Bangkok called Gar, where she does really interesting takes on, on Indian food. Um, you know, she's not doing this for Melbourne, but she, she, she does a durian main course, which I think is absolutely fascinating. Durian with what? Like a, a durian, a curry durian Whoa. as the main, as a main plate. Wow. Yeah. Imagine that on a date. That would be quite something. Uh, but she... So do you like Durian? She's doing the whole... And Chardonnay? She's doing the... And whole, Chardonnay? She, she's doing this Chardonnay and Durian are a superb combination. Uh-huh. She's doing the whole festival. So she's yeah. at the old dinner by Heston space at yeah. Crown. So yeah. she's kind of taking up residence there for the festival. The same with Sarah Ciccolini. She's, you know, the cutting edge of the... At Seven Seeds. ...trattoria scene in Rome. Yeah. She's doing a pop-up of her restaurant in North Melbourne. At Seven Seeds. You know, that's, that's, that's an interesting venue for from from Rome to seven seats. It's a perfectly natural progression every single night of the festival. Also, what about this uh, young lady called Pam Young? Oh my goodness, Pam. My Lord. So Pam is a real chef's chef. She had a fantastic restaurant in Brooklyn called Samir back in the day. She's she been everywhere, She blew man. people's minds when she opened the restaurant Floor for yeah. uh, the team from Lyle's in London. Mm. She's a formidable pizza maker. She's been now in she's, Spain. She's been in Spain. She's been in Belgium. She, she led a, a residency at um, Stone Barns in upstate New York. Now she's coming to East Brunswick. She's, she's the chef in residence these days at Potato Head. Dig uh, this, though. Job title.
0: We're doing fingers at each other. How about this for a job title, Matt? What do you do? I'm the head of culinary innovation. At Potato Head. At Potato In Head. Bali. At ba- yeah.
3: Wow. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. So she her dinner. What's she going to be doing? She's cooking with Rasheen Call at uh, Ligon Street Hotspot Etta, but that event is sold out. But <sighs> she's also doing a more casual, fun, probably, no, I can't say it's more fun, but a more casual, relaxed, event on Sunday, this 17th, let's Mm. say, where she is cooking with the guys from Etta, the guys from Romantica at a kind of drinksy stand-up day party. That'll be a lot of fun.
0: Sounds good. And one thing I just wanted, I've noticed in the fact that um, the Kelvin Club
3: is hosting a, a few little groovy little bits and pieces. The closing night party that they're doing with the Tipo 00 good. guys and Caretaker's Cottage has sold out. But yeah. if you're quick, you can still get tickets to the Roaring Twenties Party, which is co-hosted sounds- by Andrew Marks and the Melbourne Gin Company and The One. The only Gee. Gerald soon to be having a birthday with a zero in a Diffie from Gerald's Bar. Yeah, and of course you'll see the, uh,
0: the magnificent Pearl of Skulls there as well. Oh my goodness. Of course. Hi, Pearls, if you're listening. Uh, we're going to have to bring this thing to a close, which almost makes me want to cry because I love chatting with you, Pat. Um, hottest thing that's been in your mouth lately? And the best sort of culinary thing?
3: There's so many ways to answer that question, Cam, but let's I go with the Iraqi food at mm. Abu Noas in Faulkner. Mm-hmm. I've been meaning to get there. People keep telling me it's fantastic. It's, I need to it's get there. not that much Iraqi food you available can't. in restaurants in Australia. Uh, Abu Noas in Faulkner. Man, the kebabs <laughs> are good. Don't miss that. Pat, you're a
0: magnificent man. Thank um, you for
3: coming in. Um,
0: congratulations on the incredible groundwork that you have done and the cogitation that you have, uh, have done with that mind of yours to get another amazing festival underway. Can't wait to experience it. Don't forget, folks, Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, just put it into your Google search thing. What are you doing for the rest of the day?
3: Something formidable. <laughs>
0: formidable. Well, there it goes. See ya. Bye.